you will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I are proud uh, to be here with you today and to talk about the things that um, have meaning to us today and in the future. We need to make sure that we're prepared and ready to deal with the issues that dominate our media and our listeners as we go about our day. I am so proud and happy that we have consistently been able to stay on course and remain focused on dealing with the things that are important to us and talking about the things that have special meaning across the United States and across the world. We have to be prepared, and uh, today we want to just give ourselves an opportunity to reflect and look back and to just uh, have a moment to just have a discussion that will help us to understand and appreciate where we are and and where do we plan on going. Uh, Dee, I want to thank you and Cheryl for being uh, a constant state on the show, and uh, just being able to reflect and and always have an opinion on what's going on. Well, Dee, what's on your mind today? I know that you you put some things in the text, and I have to tell you, I'm not uh, really up on this. Um, I heard about 3D printing and how it helps people in, in a lot of different ways, I know that 3D printing has been used to create prosthetic arms and those kind of things, uh, but you seem to have a different concern. Uh, so why don't you share with us what your concern is and and how you think that this is going to be a major part of our lives uh, in the future? Well, thank you, James. Uh Really appreciate the show. Uh, thank you for giving us a moment to reflect. And I think that was the uh, total intent of me sending the text messaging. Uh, having the uh, having the the ability to reflect on uh, on my life, uh, being of uh, sixty two years old, uh, I've seen. A lot of things come and go. Um, the way things now are now, uh, they're uh, kind of remnants of things of the past. Uh, remind me of things of the, of the 50s and the 60s uh, and the kind of things that we thought we had gotten away from. But when I look at um, modern technology, uh, it reminds me that the universe and time, along with technology, has no respect of person. 
change has no respect of person. Change don't wait on nobody to settle your grudges, uh, settle your differences. Change don't have the time to wait on us to come up to speed on what's going on. Change going to happen whether we're ready or not. And in reflecting on that, um, I am of, of the belief that mankind uh, seems to still have a primal mentality. Uh, they still seem to have a primitive outlook on the on, on what is. You know, when you look at this 3D printer thing, uh, it's science fiction in 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 reality right now, along with uh, artificial intelligence. You know, artificial intelligence has has uh, jumped leaps and bounds over the years. Um, you know, Congress have legislated have legislated laws in place where they have made it unlawful to ever to weaponize artificial intelligence. Because it is under, it is understood that, you know, in order for something to be better, it has to be more intriguing. And it has to be more has to be more sensational than last year's model. And so artificial intelligence is geared to have the property to ascertain situations on its own. It has long been said well, that um, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I happen to be a a man of the future is the way I would describe it. So I don't have a lot of fear related to modern technology, and I like to try to stay involved and on top of things that are going to make life simpler and more enjoyable. I have a, an Alexa, but I don't use it every day. I want to get to the point where I'm more involved in it, but I'm not afraid of it. And when you talk about artificial intelligence, I recognize that there's some things that I've seen in movies uh, that I would like to be a part of our ability to uh, help us live a more peaceful existence. And so when it comes to being able to identify people who may create issues, I don't necessarily find myself fearful of that, but I do recognize that I guess when you are able to to monitor people, that there are always going to be some people who, uh, who get caught up that we're not necessarily the ones who were supposed to be caught. And I uh, look at uh, how they use this now. Those people, I guess my concern now is, you know, when you want to know about your, your life before you were born and you gave your, uh, your uh, DNA to these different organizations and now they seem to be able to capture people who were outside of their grasp before, but now who are being having their DNA in these large monitoring databases. Uh, is that the kind of thing you're talking about, T? Well, not necessarily. Uh, I guess my point was uh, that, you know, um, with the world seems to be going fast forward without us, uh, it seems a little bit um, unnecessary for us to be 
so indulged in minor things, uh, petty thinking. You know, uh, I think my, my problem is that a lot of people just don't care enough about the probabilities of, of something better, where they, they'd rather be stuck in where they are and and like 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 the thought like the like the saying goes is is this what I'm is this all that there is when there is so much so much more to be had and to be appreciated you know uh you know even my own people people of color seem to be stagnant in their in their endeavors. I mean, they seem not, not to even know that what's around the corner uh, to even be prepared enough to be a part of what's around the corner. And I think that's my problem. And uh, that's, that was the point I think I was trying to make. Thank you. Okay. Well, let me just throw this out there to uh, everyone who's here. I see Cassie is here, and I see Cheryl is here, and you're here. I had the recent experience of going to uh, get a new driver's license. And, of course, they ask you if you want to be an organ donor. Now, I need some of y'all help out there. So anybody who's listening, I need your uh, – because I cannot remember the exact um, title, but the storyline went like this. There was a very rich man who was very, very ill, and this uh, TV show was either in the late 60s or the early 70s, but this man was very, very ill, and he was very, very rich, and he became aware of a man who had the kind of blood that he could get transfused into his body that would allow him to live longer. And he wanted to capture this man and make sure that he didn't hurt himself and put him in a place where he could be protected and, uh, and, and valued. But this man wanted his freedom, and he wanted to just be free to do whatever he wanted to. So the show was all about this rich man using people to identify and capture this man, and he constantly got away. So fast forward to me now, and I feel like I don't want my name on any database that knows my blood type, knows my what organs are good and what organs might be bad, uh, because hence I believe that there might be some rich man somewhere who is able to manipulate the database and cause accidents and make himself the first one on the list uh, to be the donor. And so I, I, I have issues sometimes with whether or not the doctor is fully going to be focused on saving me because he thinks he knows that I'm a donor and uh, then he becomes interested in how many more lives he can protect or save. Uh, so uh, tell me if I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, out of place or have any of you, or any of you blood donors, not blood donors, but uh, organ donors at this time? Uh, Cheryl, uh, what is your status? Are you a, a organ donor? Good afternoon, and how's everyone doing? Um, actually, I was. I was until I had to get my license renewed this past birthday. Um and probably because of some of the same reasons that you just, you know, mentioned. And it might not be, I hadn't heard that story. But I became um, associates with this nurse. And he told me of many stories, you know, similar to what you just mentioned. And it didn't have to necessarily be somebody rich, but it had to be somebody that was going to benefit 
you know, and um, because of the many um, organs that in the operations that was going to take place based upon one person's death. Um, And, you know, different things that he talked about and stuff just made me think about if I wanted to be an organ donor, the person who um, would be make the decisions of my life at the last minute um, that they would have a notarized paper. And that's, you know, with everything, um, or me dying of natural causes or something like that. But I also had heard that um, somebody intentionally um, ran into somebody or caused somebody to wreck to, you know, trying to get them to the point where they can receive their organs. Um, I mean, you know, he went on and told me about years of, you know, of stories and things that has happened. And, you know, being on the inside, they know a little bit more than we do, you know. And I just made the decision um, when I got my license renewed not to put on my driver's license an organ donor. But it didn't stop me from saying maybe later if I change my mind that I would do it in the person that would be um, in case anything happened to me or something like that. But I wouldn't put it on my license. So that's my <laughs> – and it just recently happened. So, yeah. All right. Uh, and I'm I'm similar. I just – I'm a little skittish about uh, having that thing because I, I want people to work as hard as they can to keep me on this side. And I don't want them to change their focus uh, in case they mess around and read that or, organ donor uh, thing on my driver's license. What are your thoughts? Are you an organ donor? Good afternoon, everybody. And no, James, unfortunately, I'm not an organ donor. I may become one um, the next time I renew my license, but no, not at this time I'm not. And um, I was thinking about it as you were talking about it, and um, what came to my mind is that uh, was fear that, you know, there are all kind of different things that happen in life around us, you know, and to other people, and we hear stories, and and what that does is that uh, plants a seed of fear in our minds and in our spirits to where we think that these things are going to happen. But if you think about it, they already have all your information. They know where you live. They know everything about you. Because you have been to the doctor before, you have had um, blood taken and different things. So the people already know, you know, these things about you, you know, what your blood type is, you know, what body parts you have that can be used. So um, just saying that to say that, you know, that's just fear. So we can't live in fear because if we do live in fear, then things will happen. You know, we... You will begin to look at people strange, you know, why why are they looking at me? What what they trying to do to me? So I try not to even think about that stuff and live my life one second at a time, one minute at a time, one day at a time. And if I leave this earth, then they can do with my body whatever they want. I'm just praying that I serve the purpose that I was supposed to serve while I'm here. They can have eye, ears, whatever they need. <laughs> Okay, okay, D, uh, can you kind of, you know, I know we kind of went sideways with that, but are you a blood uh, organ donor, D? Well, you know, over the years I had been, and like everybody else, uh, all of a sudden uh, for the past uh, two renewals on my license, I chose not to check that box. Um, and probably because of the uh, the explanation that you just gave, James, uh, not being sure that my eyes and, and liver and kidneys would go to people that really 
uh, in desperate need of it, people that couldn't afford it, uh, they may go to the to the highest bidder. And uh, you know, if that being said, surely uh, I wouldn't have any control over that. But I just think it was unfair that uh, people with money, and and with money comes sometimes influence, would have control over things such as that. So. I think that was one of the reasons that I did not check check that box for the past two renewals of my life. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you know, I um, it so so I love and enjoy the the new discoveries that come out, and um, there is some fear in me that keeps me from. Um, uh, looking at all of these things in a positive nature. And so, uh, you know, I see where they are now using these, uh, you know, these these tests uh, that you swab your mouth and blow your breath into or spit into, and then they'll tell you about your ancestry. And so... Uh, now they are they're using these databases uh, to capture people whose relatives may have. Uh, then they will can compare DNA uh, from uh, criminals who have cold cases, and then uh, match them up with relatives and see if some of these relatives were in the same area that these uh, these murders took place. So a lot of times you got to be real careful, um, Cheryl, with what you swab and who you give your DNA to uh, because uh, they are coming out with a lot of new technology uh, to try to uh, capture uh, people. And uh, it, it just makes me a little leery uh, that, you know, not just because I haven't done anything uh, that a uh, cold case could be used to, but what happens if they make a mistake and get you caught up into a investigation uh, based on the fact that you gave some DNA and they get get you caught up into an investigation because all this stuff is going so fast. Well, yeah, you're right. Um, now, that, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of, I never thought about those things, um, I just kind of keep my mouth to myself with my, <laughs> with my, um, I know that, um, I don't drink anywhere where I go, and I mean, I guess it could be on anything, but I guess I don't, I have not ever got to that extent where I'm thinking about, um, my DNA and stuff like that, and, um, what somebody can do with it, um, no, I guess I haven't um, thought on those lines. I just, um, nope, I haven't. I never even thought about it because um, I haven't committed no crime where I'm trying to hide from nobody. Um, if I have a relative that's trying to find me, oh, well. If my father is not my real father, okay. You know, all of those things, um, I mean, it is what it is. You know, in that case, I just haven't thought about it. But I do know, um, you know, that two people I know personally had DNA taken from them and a child once they were born, put it in an envelope, sent it off to get the results. I mean, it was that simple. They don't have to go through, you know, um, meet at a, a doctor's office and all of those things. You know, things have gotten to the point where, um, technology is so advanced that um, we don't have to go through all of those, and with that is a good thing. Yeah, it, it is. You know, the majority of us want people who have done something wrong to be captured. So I never feared DNA uh, until they, this ancestry and these different companies come out now and that they want you to send it so you learn something about yourself. Uh, I just see uh, Joyce came on. Joyce, uh, are you on a, uh, a, a 
do you check on your driver's license that you will uh, donate your organs? Sorry, I have that uh, checked on my driver's license to be an organ donor. Okay. Uh, why, why is it that you feel comfortable um, with that? Uh, do you, have you ever had any reservations? No, that's that's passing on the gift of life. You know, I'd be dead uh, in, in the event that something happened to me that's passing on the gift of life, and I would like to probably do that to help someone in some way. Um, I I thought about it. At first, I never did do that, and I just recently changed to be a, a donor. You know, it, it does say that uh, I've heard on a lot of doctor shows that a lot of uh, African Americans have chosen uh, not to uh, come donor or donor or um, allow their organs to be donated. And also, we are lagging behind in terms of bone marrow uh, uh, evaluations. They say a lot of African Americans could be saved. If we would go and get on the bone manual register, uh, D, why why do you think we kind of lag behind on registering uh, for these things that might help a lot of African Americans' lives to be saved? Well, James, that's an excellent question, and my immediate answer would be folklore. Um, I think. Uh, our ancestry, uh, we've been led to believe that certain things are taboo, uh, even some things that could actually save our lives. Uh, I think that religion has, uh, certain denominations of religion uh, plays a part in that. Uh, we know that some uh, religions and some uh, family traditions are uh, even blood transfusions, uh, if it could save your life, uh, some family traditions as well as family uh, beliefs and religion would prohibit them to partake in a blood transfusion if indeed it could save your life. And uh, so I think that would be my immediate le- answer is uh, 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 cultural folklore. Thank you. And, Cheryl, maybe because of the things we've come to know about Tuskegee and uh, the experiments they did with syphilis on African-Americans, and uh, we have a distrust for uh, major, uh, I guess, experiments or technology of that type, uh, do you think that may have a problem, you know, uh, us coming to understand how they use and took advantage of those men in Tuskegee and that Americans, uh, African-Americans just slow to believe uh, that there's, there's not some alternative motive for wanting us to get on these registries. Are you there, Cheryl? I'm sorry. I do believe the... Um the benefits of it and, um, you know, of another person getting your organ, um, I just don't want minds, um, like you said, on the, um, I guess, out there. Um, You know, once I'm gone, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I don't want it to be a cause of, like, you know, just like you say, doing everything that you could. And I only want so much done. Um, you know, if I'm gone, don't don't keep me. Um, but if I'm at a point where I can be saved, you know, for whatever reason, I don't want to be um, disposed of either. But I don't have a problem with my um, organs being used because I've known people who, you know, have had kidney transplants and um, different organs, so I do know the benefits of it, heart. Um, I know that my sister um, who passed, she was on um, 
a waiting list for a kidney um, transplant. I know somebody just recently, um, somebody even donated, you know. So we're talking about living and dead um, organs, well, certain organs. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a problem once I'm gone. I just don't want it to be where a decision is made based on the organs that's available and, you know, the fact of my um, my health. Um, that's that's my only thing. I mean, like I said, I don't really care once I'm gone. You know, they can keep my body to a certain temperature and whoever needs whatever, I don't have a problem with that. Cassie, uh, let me ask you. Um, well, I want to know that same thing from you. Why are we so slow uh, to be a part of the bone marrow registry? Uh, I heard a lot of times that there are a lot of African Americans who, uh, because uh, that is a genetic thing with African Americans, we need more African Americans to register. Uh, but people just don't seem to be either concerned or weary of of uh, major companies and organizations after hearing about the the history of uh, Tuskegee and their, their their the experiments that were done on those those men. Um, I think it. It has to do with, I think, two things. First, what you said in the beginning of how, you know, if 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 I give this, then they're going to see that I can do this, and then they may do this to me. So I think it's a, first of all, it's a fear that we have as African Americans that uh, somebody's going to do something wrong to us because we have checked a mark or because we have signed up for something. Then I think it's a, a priority um, thing with us because well, we seem to do what we want to do, the things that we want to do, but when it comes down to um, supporting or being supportive to something like that, it, it, it it's a second thought when it should be a first thought because, like you said, if the studies are showing that our culture is really in need of that as, as African Americans when we go to the doctor or when we go to take our tests over, it, we should check those. We should check those boxes because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if there was a um, a movie that came out where the lady was coming home and she had an accident just like that. But be, and because she had that that um, check mark on her license, they were able to utilize all parts of her body. So. You know, as African Americans, and we know that there is a need, we should do that. We shouldn't be in fear of anything, really, you know, but just live our life. And if it happens, it happens. And then if it do happen, our parts are available. Everything that's needed is available for that next person in line. Uh, D, I'm going to need your help with this one, and, and a lot of times I, I know things and, and I don't keep up the exact names. There was a, um, a baseball player, Matt, Matt um, who uh, drank a lot, and his liver, uh, he destroyed his liver uh, because of his drinking. And they actually gave him because of his name, they gave him a liver transplant, uh, but it didn't allow him to live very long. Uh, Maggio, uh, I'm not sure of the name, but the reason why I bring it up is because uh, the running back from Chicago, Sweetness, uh, he also had issues with his liver. And they didn't find one for him, and he died at a very young age, and he kept very good care of himself. And so I guess my issue is is that there are times when these organizations or these people or these hospitals, they'll give organs to white people who may not deserve them and choose not to give them to African Americans who are – who deserves them more? 
And what was well, Jesus' name? Why do I have a trouble with Walt, knowing his Walter name? Pace. Walter, Walter Pace. Pace. Okay. Do you remember uh, the issue? The, the base, well, uh, you know, I, I would hesitate to, to use the term one deserving more than the, than the other, but I think uh, that your idea of uh, uh, preference, uh, who is, uh, well, I guess you would say more deserving in the eye of the medical field that's in charge of uh, distributing um, the organs uh, at any given time, uh, I guess that would be uh, a way of uh, saying that who's more deserving. Uh, so, yeah, discrimination uh, would play a part in that, I, I would not hesitate to say. Um, you know, when it comes down to the uh, the idea of the bioprinter or the 3D printer, uh, that is one of the things that they hope to alleviate, uh, the, the readiness of organs. Um, this printer is able to, uh, to replicate the human heart in a functional manner. Uh, it is able to uh, implement human cells. They would take stem cells out of your body and 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 and, and incorporate it into the bio makeup of these organs that's digitally printed by these printers, and your body won't reject it because your cells are part of that makeup. So they're they're making steps and strives to try to alleviate the stress on these organs that have been distributed and not distributed. Uh, so modern technology is trying to catch up in that way. Thanks. Okay, it, you know, you, you it, there is a need to be concerned about how much uh, we allow ourselves to go and what we're allowed to do. I don't necessarily have a problem with technology using my uh my cells to recreate things um i don't necessarily want them trying to recreate superior human beings uh Cheryl, what are your what are your thoughts about them using brain cells uh to help individuals survive certain um uh, injuries or or Death threat, uh, death, life-threatening uh, complications. Well, I guess I, you know, I really never thought about it, but I know that um, medical technology has advanced so much. Um, now, I guess I'm, you know, I'm all up to a certain point. I mean, I don't believe in the cloning and, you know, those things, but I mean. If it's something that could help another person's um, longevity of life and to help them, you know, whatever medical condition that they may have, I'm um, I'm pretty much okay with it. Um, I do, you know I have I don't know how any of it works, you know, besides just the basic ones you know, um, transplant that we, you know, we all know about. Um, and and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, my sister worked in the pediatrics department at a hospital, and um, she only had, she only was born really with one function kidney, but she abused um, drugs, and it caused, and a lot of other things she did, it caused her other kidney to fail. And I do know that they pushed her to the top of the list. And every time they called, she was dirty, so she couldn't receive that kidney. And do you think she went to the bottom? No, she stayed on the top. I mean, they called her so often you know, and I know they had people out there um, that needed, and I I watched her as a grown woman, um, you know, putting on her clothes, going to the hospital, as if these people were really going to do the surgery that was needed to give her this kidney, knowing 
um, that she was dirty, you know, and that's what caused her life is not because she could they wasn't a kidney donor for her, and she was put to the top of the list because um she worked at the hospital, and um now, after you know she became on drugs, she no longer um worked at the hospital, but because of who she knew and what she did, they kept her on the top of the list, you know they put her above you know a lot of other people, so I do, and I mean. That's you know firsthand knowledge of of that, but when it comes to and I know that meanwhile her she had like five miscarriages and she donated each one of the um the babies to the hospital for them to do whatever they needed to do you know as far as um, science technology on each one of them, and she had five. So I do know now what what specifically they did. I don't know. Um, I just know when I asked her what, you know, what happened, you know, what did she was going to do with them, and she told me. And um, she was more up on, you know, what they did as far as um, technology and scientific, you know, things um, as far as medically-wise. But... Um, you know, in that case, whatever is able to be used, I don't see, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But um, my thing with the, you know, the transplant and stuff, that was getting back to, you know, firsthand information. But um, as a result of her kidney not being able to get the transplant, she died because of it. You know, and it had to do with her own, you know, behavior caused her not to get the kidney transplant, but I do know she was on the top of the list. Wow, uh, um, Cassie, what what are your thoughts about about that? About um, you know, some of those things happening, and and is there a way to make sure that you people don't use your don't your organs inappropriately or for the wrong person? Well, that was some good information right there, what Cheryl just shared, and it just lets you know that uh, even if you don't, if you if you have doubts if your stuff is being used the right way or the wrong way, as she said, she was on the top of the list each time, but each time because of her negligence, she was not able to get those kidneys, so it went on to the to the next person. So. To me, that's just like an eye opener to to know that no, it was it was not a, a white person, but it was a black person who was on top of the the uh, the list, and, and and she could have uh, received those extra ten, fifteen years, whatever it was that 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 gives you when you're uh, you know when they give you that the kidney. But because she didn't do the right thing, she was not able to give it. So, you know, some would say, oh, that's what you call, um, is it karma, I think they say. But, no, that's how, that's the Lord. You know, she she was not she was not ready for it. And whoever the next person was was the one that was able to receive um, the kidney. But what about that concern? That I share that somehow those people are prominent. Uh, again, this uh, baseball player that I remember, he was an alcoholic, and uh, he received a liver transplant, and where um, Sweetness uh, didn't receive, Walter Payton didn't receive the liver transplant uh, because they didn't believe he would live no matter what. So sometimes you have people making these evaluations, Joyce who may not be doing them with the best interest of who who should or should not have these organs. Well, with sweetness, he had a, a rare type of, of disease. And uh, it, it's not that you just can get anybody's liver. you got to be a match. And he couldn't find a match. 
the same with Tony Oliver. He was a famous baseball player, and his daughter was, was a teenager. And they spent years trying to find uh, – I hope you guys remember Tony Oliver from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, his daughter, she died because she couldn't find a match. But what they do for uh, – people, and you find a lot of people, particularly a lot of white people, they donate their bodies and stuff to from relatives and stuff to science. They call Cadovas. And when you go to law, a medical school, such as what Justin did, uh, they use people's, these real people's death, their, their bodies, to study uh, for them to do operations and for them to, this is how they become good at that. Believe it or not, they, they can keep a body years that same one dead body for years, these kids, uh, they keep them bombing them and the whole bit. It, it, it's just unbelievable. I got a rude awakening when we took Justin off to school. Uh, I went up to the first, uh, they had these rooms where they had these bodies, and here I am, I'm going all up front, and my husband stayed behind in the back of the, of the, of the room, and I had no idea what I wanted to be because this is our first child, first uh, generation of, of a doctor because they had four, five, six generation of doctors there and because people ask you, is this your, uh, what generation? I had no idea what they was talking about, but found out later that's what they was talking about. I'm going up to the front. They they, they pull that sheet. Oh, my God, the smell alone almost like it knocks me out. My husband started grinning because he knew what was. what was. I did not know what the word Cordova, what that meant, but it's dead people. They use their bodies sometimes, and they, they keep using them over and over and over. Uh, we're just not there yet as a black race. A lot of us don't don't believe in it, but uh, that's a, a reason why a lot of us die. Uh, it's according to Robin, uh, I'm grateful for her, the one with Good Morning America, just to swap alone. She has got millions because of her rare cancer to uh, uh, have a different look being black Afro-America, because some of us have some rare types. Uh, It's just that you cannot donate certain traits to just 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 to say that you donated. You 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 make that list, and possibly maybe the reason why she kept making it is because she had uh, she had the type of match type in her system that is, is is very common where she could be kept there. But as far as sweetness is concerned, uh, uh, Walter is not that they just overlooked him. Uh, he just could not find the type of uh, 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 match for for to to keep him alive the way that uh, to give him a good healthy lifestyle. You go, Joyce, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time it happened, Joyce, I have I'm still trying to remember the person who played for um, uh, the New York Yankees. And he was a yeah, well-known a, name a manager, for the United It was States. a manager. His name was Martin. It was it was a manager. I forgot his first name, but his last name was Martin. He was alcoholic. He was he made the list. They gave him they gave him a transplant, and then he started drinking again. He was the New York Yankees manager at that time. So uh, it, he was a white boy. That's and his name was Martin. I don't know what the first name. Uh, I don't know what the last name was, but I remember it's, it's Martin. I re, I remember the case uh, distinctively. But he was, was it, uh, New York was it, Yankees was, manager. Was it Billy Martin? Billy Martin, that's who he was. Alcoholic. Yeah. They gave him twice. First time and he just abused it. Uh, you know, he went back to drinking in the whole bit. But, you know, uh, the, a lot of times, you know, people don't realize that you, you have to have a match. You gotta be that perfect match. Uh, that that that's why Robin used her sister because her sister was and sometimes your your relatives uh you not your match can be your match, and that's what happened in Sweetness. That's what happened with Tony Oliva. I mean, they was willing to pay big bucks. Uh, he went around the world trying to find to save his his daughter. She was a young young lady from the Minnesota Twins. i never forget that. Um, he was a famous baseball player there in Minneapolis, but uh, couldn't find a match for her. You know, and now they have this thing where you, they can even put you in a swap. Uh, that I've heard, uh, D, where where one person's family member is not a match, uh, but they uh, have the ability uh, to swap with another family that might be a match, will be a match, and uh, then they, they can do it that way. So they're trying all kind of things, and maybe uh, African Americans will uh, be a little less fearful of these organizations despite what their past 
have been? Well, I think that was um, my my intention about sending the text about how uh, technology doesn't wait on nobody uh, right. to come up to speed. That's right, to come up to speed. They don't they don't wait on you, and you know, and so these stigma stigma stigmas that you're speaking of, we place them on ourselves, and a lot of time uh, it, it is passed on to the next generation in our family. Um, it has to. It, it, we have to come to a place where uh, we have to believe in something other than what we've been told, especially uh, when it when it, it could cause some detriment to our health and our longevity. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, there, there's a lot of things that I feel that African Americans we 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 hold ourselves back. In a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And hopefully uh, on this show we can cover some of those things that come to mind, how we uh, place limitations on ourselves. And I'm just going to leave it at that right now, James. Thank you. Well, we can't be afraid of everything that comes into realization. We have to be open to the possibilities of how life can be made better with the discoveries of medicine and discoveries of new technology uh, because God does put those things in our head. We got to remember that a lot of things have been discovered by people and made for our lives to be better so we can't be afraid of, 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 uh, of moving on. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll come back and uh, let everybody have their final thoughts for this evening. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
take herself a, a nice swim. So I told her to make sure that there's someone is there watching her in the pool because nowadays you just don't swim alone and no one knows that you're in the pool. Anything can happen. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, um, I'll make sure that I do my due diligence and find one of these days to celebrate her. And so, uh, yeah, she is kind of odd about wanting every day in the month of July. Again, everybody, take care, and we'll see you uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Bye. 